Warning. This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Welcome back to another episode of the Viewers Anonymous podcast. I am one half of the hosting squad. I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. That's right. And we're coming back to bring you another premiere of a movie you may have seen or you may have not seen. And it all comes with spoiler warning, just like it says uh, in the intro track. So what's up with you, my brother? Man, I can't call it, man. Just, uh... Trying to be blessed, man. Trying to be and um just out here. It has got a little cooler. It ain't mm-hmm. it ain't like that heat wave we had last week. Last week okay. I was talking to this one guy on my route. He was like, Yo, it was miserable last week. I like, man, that is the word. I like it was miserable. So a little better weather. Um I finally got oh so all right, right. So let me tell you this shit. Mm-hmm. So signed on the house and everything, you know all that shit, right? But yeah. They never put our window screens up, right? So our window screens had just been sitting down in the laundry room. So I go to the place, um, the SK Builders place, because they never gave us the mailbox keys. Mm -hmm. So when I go pick up the mailbox keys, I'm like, yo, I was like, they never put up our our screens. So she gave me the number of the guy to call. So I called this guy. You know what I'm saying? He was like, all right, I'm going to contact this other guy. He's going to get y'all situated. A week go by. I try to call the guy. He don't answer. I text the guy. He ghosts me. Just completely ghosts oh, me. Oh wow! So they're still being houses built in the neighborhood. Like the house, ain't, I mean, the, the neighborhood ain't complete yet. Mm-hmm. So old lady saw the builder guy outside, end up tracking him down, and then he came and finally put our window screens up. Today. So it just, dude, it's. Yeah, it's wild. That's crazy. It's, it's wild, man. It's wild. But I finally got that done. So I'm happy about that. But, but how you so, feeling, man? Everything good with you, man? Still, man, every, uh, still, still, still in podcasts at work. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> today, <laughs> I, today I listened to uh, hear the thing is, uh, see the thing is, and I also listened to Flagrant Two. Um, but yeah, man, you know I'm, I'm gonna stay doing that as long as they don't catch me. I'm good. That's going to continue to happen. They can they can take our headphones from us, but they can't take them from me. Um, <laughs> but no, nah, I'm, I'm good, man. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, been working, man. You know what I'm saying? Enjoyed my Father's Day weekend. Um, enjoyed Juneteenth as well. You know what I'm saying? Uh, surprise Drake album dropped. So, you know what I'm saying? I've been talking about that for, you know what I'm saying, all weekend. And then, you know what I'm saying, I'm super excited, man, because, you know what I'm saying, uh, I finally made some money from OnlyFans. And that's what's up. Yeah, man, you know what I'm saying, just getting started. So currently I'm in the top 63% of all the creators, you know what I'm saying, so I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> first and foremost, man, happy Father's Day, man. And, same to you, and secondly, brother. you know what I'm saying, happy Juneteenth. And then same thing. to you, my brother. But uh, yeah, appreciate appreciate it. Yeah, man, I just you know got got uh, got a got a Father's Day card. And, you know what I'm saying went out to eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying went to hit up one of my favorite spots. So uh, so that's 
So that was cool, man. Um, That's what's up. It was a, it was like we can, like you said, surprise Drake album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's been a lot of opinions about it, man. It's, it's been a lot like of mixed it. reviews, man. Like for me, it's it's not, it's not okay. It's not that I don't like it. I think it's I think it's good music, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I wanted 13 tracks of one dance and you know what I'm saying passing fruit. I, so, I like the I like the fact that Drake has went down this lane. I think they a lot uh, a lot of other artists that um that travel down those like you know what I'm saying other like different lanes compared to what they usually do. I think they should like put out an album where they is something that we're not used to hearing them do through a whole album. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, you said the key word the whole album because he's mm-hmm. cuz you go back in his catalog drake been doing this really ever since he came out honestly like, sure. it goes all the way back to uh uh so far gone like he's mm-hmm. been doing this shit Houston for a while. Vegas wasn't you know what I'm saying it wasn't what everybody expected and Houston that was Vegas one of his hottest songs that's what I'm saying I love that shit yeah it's not it's not bad music and it's not a bad album it was an unexpected album yeah but what he also did say though is that there's gonna be a scary hours too that's going to be coming out soon as well. So I think that that's okay. the one that's going to have the rap shit on it. And uh, and he just got caught in a studio with DJ Khaled. So, yeah, I heard about you know that. I'm saying? There's probably going to be some other shit going on. But yeah, like a lot of people killing it, man. I I listened to it, but I think I ran through it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I hate to say this, but the favorite, my favorite one is the one rap joint on there with 21 Savage. But I mean, it's a, it's like I said, it's good music, and I think it's it's good summer music. Thank you. That's what hey, you took and, the and, words. And, out of my and mind. that's what it is. Like this is going to be the like. I I read the quotes that Charlemagne said, and then I heard it. I was like, "Yo, it's totally different." When you hear it with context, yeah. it's different. Because like, if you read it, it's like, "Uh oh, you know, Charlemagne killing Drake again." But it's like mm-hmm. when you hear what he said, it's like, "Nah," he was just saying like, "Yo." If this music is playing in the background, you know, click out and stuff. He was like, I never go back. He was like, I never go back to the album. And he was saying that it's elevated music. He was like, this, he was like, this music is gonna be played in every store that you're shopping in. He was mm-hmm. like, you're gonna hear like these tracks. And that's the thing about Drake. Like, Drake music is gonna be everywhere, like completely everywhere. And like that's what he's doing. Drake is doing a complete takeover of the world. Like he's like fuck the United States. He's trying to take over the whole world, and 100%. I mean I'm not I'm not mad at him, man. And then plus, I heard what Ebro said today. I don't think it's that, but I can see how people come up with this take. He basically said Drake heard and seen what Pusha T did and what Kendrick did. He was like, "Yo, I ain't trying to have no rap album right now because of what they did." He he think mm-hmm. that he's kind of ducking. Rappers, right? Well, those two rappers at this point, but but I think Drake, and then the whole thing of Drake not giving us a rap album, which he has in my eyes. I mean, if you listen to, if you're reading this, it's too late. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a rap album. He might have sung a hook up there, here or there. No, that's for sure. A rap it's album. a rap album. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, what a time to be alive. That's a rap mm-hmm. album. I mean, yeah, it's him in future, but it's still a rap album. So yeah. it's like this whole thing of like Drake not giving you a rap album because he 
you know, so he'll throw a, a few singing records in there. Even Scorpion, the first, the first disc was a yeah, rap album. Yep. And then the second one, you know what I'm it's saying? So it's like I don't get mm-hmm. this whole argument of like people saying that Drake can't gave us a rap album. So but yeah, man, I'm glad you brought it up. I think man. When, when people are successful, like especially how he has been, I think that the, the only thing that people can do is find a flaw. Mm-hmm. Any kind of flaw that they can find, only to justify, you know what I'm saying, them being successful. Like, because people say, I mean, I like Drake, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always that. Like, no, no, Drake good, but it's always a but somewhere in there. And yeah. so, you know what I'm saying? I think they do that to kind of humanize him because it's like, as far as the music game go, like, he 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 damn near God tier at this point, bro. And then, like, everybody talking about that shit weak, but that motherfucker broke a record. Man, listen. All these dudes that saying this week, if they fuck with women, they gonna hear this album. <laughs> because they gonna be listening to this album. Listen, I don't it ain't even I don't care if they who who I don't care who they mess with. I'm tell you this if they go to any club in Miami, if they go to any club in LA, if they go to any club in, in Texas, Atlanta, New York, wherever, they gonna hear this shit. Yep. Get ready. You, you that shit ain't nothing but a party album. This is yep. It is a complete party album. It's mm-hmm. gonna be a club banger. Like it's yeah. Drake Drake know he know what he's doing. Drake yeah. is a very calculated. That shit dude. gonna be playing at every day party across the country, bro. Man, listen, man. Grandma's gonna be listening to this album. Man. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like when they when they always play like uh like the Cupid Shuffle and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at, at every little function. Mm-hmm. This this it's gonna be some songs on this album that's gonna be oh, played. Yeah. At the oh, cookout yeah. and all that. I wouldn't be surprised. So, I definitely yeah, wouldn't so, be surprised. Yeah, definitely be ready, man. I'm glad you brought that up, man, because I I've yeah. been hearing a lot. I've been hearing a lot, man, and, and it's a lot of people talking. But a lot of the older people, like they really, they like the album. They like, yo, mm-hmm. it's it's something oh, different. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you out. Real quick, man. Um, before we get into the to the whole thing, once as I finish, and before we get into this, if anybody that knows how to play Mortal Kombat 11, please uh, message me through. Through, uh Twitter or any one of my um social medias. I need y'all to whoop my son's ass for me because I can't beat this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> man, this nigga tore me up on, on Father's Day, man. Ah, oh, that is hilarious. But I'm sorry, go ahead, Finch. I just had to get that out. <laughs> I, I, I need somebody to whoop this nigga, man, so he can get humbled. That's funny. Now nah, you good, man. I was I was pretty much finished, man. I, I just I've I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it, and I think that it is refreshing to hear something new. I remember when Drake mm-hmm. first came out, and people were like, "Oh man, this dude singing and rapping." I'm like, "Yeah." I was like, "I ain't mad at that," like because you know I'm an R&B dude at heart, so I was mm-hmm. just like, "Nah," I was like, "I like this." And then it's like the more and more time went by, now it's like you can't hear a rapper that's not singing. That's you know true. That is you know, true. Matt. Last two albums, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, was singing. You know what I'm saying? Um, Sway Lee, like his first album, he didn't really sing. Now he's that's all he does now is sing. Yep. Damn, uh, what's my boy name? Um, he was the main reason I brought this up. Uh, Wale, Wale mm-hmm. doing it, Cole doing it, like everybody's doing it now, man. And it's yeah, like, I mean, it's the thing to do, man. Yeah, so yeah, I'm but it is, I will say, let's let's put it this way. I will call Drake's new album refreshing. Yeah, I, I agree. 
It's entertaining and refreshing. And I'm telling you now, if you go to any day parties, if you're in Vegas or any one of the major cities and you go to one of them little day parties where they got all the bottomless mimosas and brunches and all that shit, you are going to hear some cuts from this album. Just get ready. I mean, it is what it is. Accept it for what it is. This nigga Drake has done it again. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about that nigga, man. Nope. They've been trying to stop him for years and don't look like it's going to happen. Mhm. So man, um let's go ahead and get into this thing, man. Uh we have a very um interesting movie today. Um this movie, let me bring it up real quick. I can't type. I'm trying to type the name of the damn thing and I somehow popped up with Joe Biden. What the fuck he yep. got to do? Like <laughs> the hell? Uh, this movie, man, it stars Gerard Butler, Pablo Schreiber, O'Shea Jackson Jr., um, 50 Cent, and a host of others. Uh, hold on, real quick, bro. Go ahead, get, finish for me, real quick. Hold on, all right, man. Look, man, we got Cheddar Bob in here, man. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> man, Evan Jones, man, he's uh, he's Cheddar Bob from Eight Mile, man. We got the dude, Mo McCray. I like that dude, man. He he was he was the dude from um from Gridiron Game. He was the dude that played play the quarterback in that. But I like him because he he played in a couple of TV shows that I like. Last time I seen him, he was in um that new season of Flight Attendant on HBO. So yeah, man, 2018 film. Um, when this movie first came out, man, this movie had I mean it was buzzing, man. It was completely buzzing. You know, we had. Me and you spoke about the dude in the coming soon. You had O'Shea Jackson Jr., you know what I'm saying, the son of Ice Cube, that everybody know him from. But, you know, he had did, after Straight Outta Compton, he did one movie. It was Ingrained Going West, and I think he had a small part in that, but then that then the Thieves came out the next year where he played Dunny. And what I was saying about about O'Shea was because I thought that the first movie that he did after Straight Outta Compton was this film that we're doing today and then of these but like this was the first major role that he got after Straight Outta Compton and I think that he did a phenomenal job especially for a dude that wasn't really an actor and for him to be Going alongside somebody like Pablo Schreiber, somebody like Gerard Butler, you know, 50 gained the respect of Hollywood when it comes to being an actor. Because I, I think that when Get Rich or Die Trying came out, I think that the way that people looked at it, they was like, oh, man, here go another rapper thinking he could act. And then he come in and he do a really, really good job. Like, I mean, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't an Oscar performance, but it was a pretty good performance for, you know what I'm saying, a dude that's really starring in the film for his first uh, first role. And I think that this film is one of those films where I don't think that they, because I, one thing that I would love to do is to get, an actor, 
like a real not no let me let me, let me rephrase that a actor that started in theater that actually went to school for acting acting school and all that type of stuff i would love to have a conversation with one of them and be like yo how do y'all feel about musicians and people who didn't necessarily start the way you started like how do y'all actually feel about these people and i think that that would be an interesting conversation but i don't think that any of them would really come out and really kill them. But mm-hmm. I, I do wonder, like, how do they feel about, you know, act, not actors, but musicians actually coming in and, and getting a lot of these roles? Because, I mean, when you, when you look, I mean, you would have to say, the, for me, the two people that really took over and that and still going today. Mm-hmm. It's LL Cool J and Queen Latifah. Like to me, mm-hmm. they were like they were like the first like rappers to come into the acting game and mm-hmm. become like premier stars. Man, are you crazy? Who was before that? Ice T. Ice T. What ninety? What no? Uh, was it New Jack City? New Jack City came out ninety one. Yeah. <laughs> so what? About? Hold on, wait a minute. Hold he on, was hold in on. breaking before that. Hold on. Maybe, maybe, yeah, but Ice T ain't what LL Cool J turned out to be and what Queen Latifah turned out to be. Bro, Ice T is on one of the most longest famous, running popular, shows ever. Longest running that. TV shows and has a recurring role and is actually one of the stars of the show. I, I get all of that. But LL Cool J fell at TV. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, we all know it started, like, it did a flip. Because in the beginning times, TV was something that you would do to start doing movies. Mm -hmm. But now it has flipped to where it's like, yo, you get a TV show, like, put it this way. You know who didn't do that? Who? Ice T. Yeah, he did movies first, and then went to TV. Right. But, but you saying pop- you saying you had to go to TV first to get a movie? Yeah, that's how a lot of them did. Ice T didn't have to. You want to know why? Because Ice T is the fucking man. We are not going to disrespect Ice T on this show, dude. Look, I love Ice T. Ice T was in one man. of the. Ice T was in one of the all-time movies I've been trying to get you to watch for the past two years. You know what I'm saying? Called what? Ricochet. You know what I'm saying? So, that you, that's so, so why are you naming LL Cool J, man? Be, I guess because when it comes... Look, I love HBU. Don't get me wrong. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the shows that if I'm just sitting around, I can't find shit to watch. Mm-hmm. HBU is always playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So don't get me wrong, I love I love SBU. I'm just saying like those were the two names that came came to my mind. I mean I can't I can't I mean I can see how you can kill me for it, but at the same time it's just like yo, like those were the first two people that I thought of was LPJ and Queen Latifah. Ice T, man, this is the only person who killed a cop and then became a cop. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about, cop bro? Killer. Yeah, man. <laughs> Ice T, bro, he he was the he was one of the ones that you know what I'm saying he was 
one of the initiators of that thing, man. He was in breaking. He was rapping in breaking. And then after that, he was in New Jack City. And then he went on to do a host of other movies. And then next thing you know, my nigga showed up on Law and Order SVU. Man, listen. Ozone and Turbo. That's all y'all Yes, sir. That's it. But um, but yeah, man, you wanna you wanna give but us shout out to shout out to LL Cool J though, for real, for real. Oh um, yeah, and, and Queen Latifah too. For sure. For sure. Um, well, I just think I just think that it would be a, a great conversation. But like I said, I don't know if an actor will really be real though and be and like kill him. I think that no, I think that I think that at first it was an issue, you know what I'm saying? Because especially like with rappers, you know what I'm saying? Like back in the day, rap wasn't as big. But I think like once time kind of went on and then like they start having more rappers do movies and shit like that. I think that a lot of the actors actually appreciated it because to me, it seems as if like when you have rappers in certain movies or when you have those, you know what I'm saying? Like singers or whatever in those movies, they draw a, a larger crowd. So you got the people who, you know what I'm saying? Would like, you know what I'm saying? Let's say if, um, I don't, I don't see the university of this ever happening. I don't know if this exists, but let's just say hypothetically, Jennifer Aniston makes a movie with Taylor Swift. Jennifer Aniston is a legend in the game. Of course, she's going to draw a crowd, but do you know what kind of tickets that Taylor Swift is going to sell, bro? Taylor Swift did a movie. Well, she had like a, it wasn't a big role, but she was in a movie. No, I mean like, I'm talking about where she's like acting in the movie though. No, she was acting in the movie. Her name wasn't Taylor Swift. Like she wasn't being Taylor Swift. No, I know like, that. I'm saying like she was well, she had like a cameo or something. I think it was a little bit more than a cameo. I can't remember what it was. She was in like this high school movie where she was like a cheerleader or some shit. Oh she yeah, I ain't talking about no goofy like that. I'm saying like imagine Jennifer Aniston playing like Taylor Swift's hot aunt or some shit like that. Or you know what I'm saying? Like where they just really don't and like they both are co-starring in the movie. Bro, that movie is gonna sell like crazy. I see what you say. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but I think it just draws a. I think that like now they realize that it draws a bigger crowd. You know what I'm saying? And there's really nothing to be mad about because at the end of the day, if if we sell a whole bunch of fucking tickets and we sell all these, you know what I'm saying, movie tickets, then you know what I'm saying. The the back end, we gonna be living life. True, and. I want to do. I gotta. I gotta do an apology real quick, mm-hmm. um, if you don't mind. To um, No, 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 no. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. We're doing a movie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying with uh, with the up and coming star star that I feel like mm-hmm. by the name of O'Shea Jackson Jr. That's the main 100%. reason why I'm even talking about this. And I want to formally apologize to Ice Cube because I'm talking about his son. And I say LL Cool J and Queen Latifah, like Ice Cube didn't come out in 91 with their, well, 92 with Boys in the Hood. So mm-hmm. I want to apologize to Ice Cube because not only did Ice Cube become a very successful actor, but this dude wrote movies, write movies and everything. And I said LL Cool J and Queen Latifah. So I want to apologize <laughs> to O'Shea Jackson, mm-hmm. senior. Mm-hmm. We're not even thinking of his name when I'm talking about his son. So I just yeah. want to apologize there. And shout out to Ice T, man, for you know what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Cop killer, colors. Um, shout out to uh, Olivia Benson too. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, man, you know what though? That is a that is an interesting take though. I mean, that is an interesting thought though. You know what I'm saying? Just to, I, I would like to actually hear how they feel about it now. Cause I know back in the day, like they did not fuck with that. Like yeah, they used I, to I, hate. I that's like when when remember when uh. You know what I'm saying? Like rappers wanted to be athletes. I mean, athletes wanted to be rappers. Like rappers hated that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Now they don't because care. because they was like, yo, y'all are using y'all likeness and y'all are using y'all mm-hmm. fan base from another spot and y'all coming in here, so everybody's gonna listen to your album because you, you know what I'm saying you Kobe. Mm-hmm. A lot of people went with Kobe getting in the game, but I will say this: we we'll go go back to the movie. They went now. Some people say it was trash. I heard a little bit of it, but I don't even remember it. Mm-hmm. But every rapper fucked with him, though. Everybody went mad at Iverson when he did his album. Oh uh, no, <laughs> but, but Iverson he, he embraced hip hop though. Yeah, that's exactly that's what I was about to say. Iverson kind of brought hip hop into the NBA, so of course they ain't really. You know what I'm saying? I remember when he was Jules, though. I remember that. Yeah, I heard a little bit. I don't. I don't really. Remember <laughs> I never it, heard. But that. I heard a little bit. <laughs> I never. I don't want to hear it, bro. Yeah, you don't. I'm good. Um, so man, what's the synopsis of this movie, man? So man, this this is basically a film um uh created in 2018. It is basically about a Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department who um has a, a internal gang and they are basically trying to track down and stop um this street gang or the street group click whatever they want to call them um these guys from robbing uh the federal reserve of los angeles they don't want them to get all this moolah um and this is this is super interesting because the way that gerard butler played um play his role big nick yeah big nick uh i that don't i don't <laughs> I just say Nick. That's just kind of crazy now. <laughs> uh, but Nick, him playing that that character was um, super interesting because he was going through it. You know what I'm saying? He was going through so many different things, and like playing those type of characters, to me, I feel like um, makes the story a lot more interesting because. He it's always some type of conflict that he's facing. And he, you know what I'm saying, not not only is, you know what I'm saying, he basically like a dirty cop or a dirty sheriff, because he ain't a cop, he's a sheriff. But like not only is he dirty and you know what I'm saying, they doing like all of this undercover, like real live undercover street work, like they robbing bank robbers, they doing deals with street gangs and shit. But he's also going through it at home with his girl. You know what I'm saying? He's also trying to figure out who these guys are and how to get to them and all this other stuff. So, like, adding that complexity to the character and then, you know what I'm saying, seeing Gerard Butler actually perform that on film is, is amazing. Yeah, I like um, I like Nick's character, you know, but the only thing I don't like, we've seen this before in different movies where mm-hmm. there is a cop that is so obsessed of breaking this case to where it's kind of like nothing else really matters. Yeah, and it's like it's not that he didn't love his kids and love his wife and all that type of shit. Is he let the work take over? You know, what I'm saying like he was so obsessed with with stopping this this one crew 
that he yeah. let it affect his family. You know what I mean? Like he brought the work home. Yep. And like there are no get me wrong, there's a lot of movies where it's like that. Like we've seen this countless times when it comes to these these robbery type of movies where the cop gets so obsessed with the target to where like that's like that's their destiny. That's just like when we did takers. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Matt Dillon's character, same way. Yep. You know, like, you know, he was ch- he was chasing these dudes down while his daughter's in the car. Like, like, dude, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And like he was like one of those dudes that was that was overly obsessed. But this is my one thing though. What I don't understand is so the first robbery, well, it wasn't even a robbery. I mean, I guess you can call it a robbery day. They stole a truck. But mm-hmm. For the one man to get gunned down, don't you think it would have been a smart idea to pick up the body? Because I feel like that's how they figured out who the crew was because of the one body that was left behind. Well, the only reason I would say, like, logically, yes, you would definitely want to, you know, say get the body. However, knowing that they were former Marines, yeah, when you in when you in the a- middle of a a shootout, you don't. I don't know. You, but you, but you gotta remember, they were losing the shootout though. They weren't winning they, the shootout. They were losing. They, yeah, they was losing the shootout. So, but at so the same they time, had to retreat. But at the same time, like I feel like that's one thing that we always seem to see in in military movies. They always quit man, the body, so the body yeah, can go but home. They be, but they be winning the fight, man. They was losing True. the fight. True. You that's you got to think about this too. Like that's risking somebody else getting shot. You know what I'm saying? That's risking somebody else losing their life, possibly. Like when you when you weigh the options in that scenario, if you lose in the dog fight, you don't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, unless you can safely do it to where you don't have to worry about nothing. And it ain't like like they had like heavy artillery where they could have laid down suppression fire, went in there, grabbed them, and came back. Like nah, they just got regular rifles. You know what I'm saying? Regular automatic rifles. Yeah, I feel you. I just feel that yeah. like that that was the thing that really kind of fucked them up because they was able to link that guy. Mm-hmm. And like the main target was a guy who had just recently had got out of jail. And this yeah, is my Merriman. thing. Yeah, Merriman. This is my thing about Merriman. It's like what do we do? And see, I think the conversation that need to be had. Mm-hmm. Is that why ex-military men feel that they need to rob? That tells you right there that this country do not take care of their vets. Okay. Well, I don't. That's not necessarily true. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, if you got a group of niggas who down for the cause and you got them type of skills, robbing the bank ain't. <laughs> it ain't that bad of an idea. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, yeah, because they know how to handle themselves, but at the same but at the same time, it's like I mean, two things can be true. Like, mm-hmm. yes, what you said is true, but also at the same time, we do see a lot of homeless vets out here yeah, for sure. that are yeah, not being sure. taken care of. Sure. But it's just like for them to think that, yo, like this is the way that we need to go. But like I think when it comes to somebody like Merriman though, like Merriman was like that dude, like he ended up like I love the way that they showed us the connections of how everybody started fucking with each other. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. all of these guys are military background, mm-hmm. but this one dude, he was locked up at the same time as Merriman, so that's how they linked up. And then this other dude 
was, you know, he was overseas with the other guy. So that's how this whole connection comes. I like the way that they put that whole puzzle together. I think that this is a is a formula that I think that we never that you can never go wrong at. The whole formula of coming up with a a robbery type of movie, mm-hmm. but they're also giving us the cop point of view as well. Like yeah. we've seen it a whole bunch of times, mm-hmm. but I think that's the way that you have to do it. I think if you only focus on the crew. I don't think the movie is as good because think about it. They did it in Takers. They did it and set it off. Well, you know I'm, I'm not sure because Dead Presidents, they only gave us the yeah the, the robber's point of view. They they did give us the robber's point of view, but the thing about Dead Presidents that make that so much different is I think first of all, Dead Presidents is one of the greatest movies that will come out. Let me get that out the way. 100%. But I think that, uh, well, for me, what makes it so great is the fact of like the whole like what, 30, 35, 40 minutes mm-hmm. was it turned into a straight military movie. Like, <laughs> like yeah. That, yeah. that shit that shit is so crazy to me. Because it's the, the, the dope thing is the fact that it just like this movie did, it gives you the backstory of not only just how they met, but just how these motherfuckers came to be in the situation that they're in. And I think that, you know what I'm saying, what you bringing that up was a very a super valid point because you, you know what I'm saying, like a lot of times when we come on here and we talk about some of these movies and we like, yo, you know what I'm saying, we would really love to get the backstory of how such and such and such and such, or man, it would have been nice to know, you know what I'm saying, their backstory or their origin story or something like that. And then for them to kind of give that to us in the way that they did, you know, so like you said, they was just going back and showing how everybody kind of intermingled and end up basically coming together. Like, you know what I'm saying? To me, I think that um, this is two things. The first thing is that it gives you a, a complete understanding of, you know what I'm saying, what's really going on, why they are the way they are toward each other and everything else. And you understand the dynamic better. And then second, you also understand, um, you also understand the situation, you know what I'm saying? And, and not only in, uh, I'm sorry, but, but through understanding the situation, you kind of gain a sort of empathy for, you know what I'm saying, the antagonist or the bad guy or whatever you want to call him. You kind of gain an empathy for him because it's like, damn, like he really, they, these motherfuckers really got to go through all this shit, bro, just to make a living. So you kind of, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, like you, you, you kind of empathize with him a tad bit and, and you feel a little sorry, like, damn, bro, you know, could have been a little bit better for my guy in this movie, man. So I, I think that's, you know what I'm saying, with them showing us that, like, they do a great job of, you know what I'm saying, playing towards emotions and feelings. And then when you even, I mean, even when you first see Gerard Butler, they kind of do the same thing because remember when um, when he went to go get, um, uh, what is O'Shea Jackson's character's name? Uh, Donnie? Yeah, when, he went to, when they went to go talk to Donnie, and you know, so they sitting in there in the room with him, and it's like you kind of, you know, what I'm saying it kind of does the same thing with them because they're also you. You realize that they're also a gang because he didn't call it a gang, called it a clique. But you, you know, what I'm saying you realize like, yo, these they basically two sides of the same coin. But these guys at first you kind of hate them because it's like, ah, oh, man, these niggas is dirty cops. 
But then you realize that it's not the fact that he's a dirty cop. It's just the fact that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And if that means that he has to, you know what I'm saying, get down and dirty with some of these guys and, and, and act like he's one of them from time to time, he'll do that. And he'll do whatever it takes to make sure that, you know what I'm saying, he's doing whatever it takes to make sure his job is complete. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I like- so I, I think those dynamics are important in, in showing us that it, it kind of makes the movie a, a little bit better because now you can kind of, um, you can kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, comp- I don't want to say compare yourself, but you can, you, you kind of feel the character more. Yeah. And I like the way that when they were speaking to Donnie, when he was sitting in the chair, he was like, yo, am I under arrest? And he's like, yo, do we look like the type of cops that arrest people? Yeah. I like the way yeah. they did that. I thought that was a dope way to do it because he's like, yo, like we do like the major crimes and we do all the investigative work to kind of catch you in the act or at least get somebody on the inside so we can, you know what I'm saying, nail you. Because their whole thing is like getting like the big bus. Like they don't they don't give a shit about arresting somebody that stuck up a a liquor store. That's not what they do. Like they only do the big shit. And I thought that it was dope for it to come off that way for him to say, yo, do we look like the type of people that arrest people? So I thought that that was dope the way that they, they did that. Like that whole scene was crazy because it's like this dude wake up in the bed. Don't know how he got there. He gets out the bed and then walks in there and you just see all of these dudes and his girls in there. They smoking, they eating. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and he's like, yo, my pants wet. He's like, yo, if you with that freaky shit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, I ain't with it. He's like, yo, you the one wet the bed. Like, I just thought that his interaction with him was so dope. But then at the same time, when we finally really start digging into Donnie, like, yo, Donnie might be, like, one of the smartest characters mm-hmm. in one of these type of movies when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, Robin and all that type of stuff, putting together a plan. Because, yo, when you see the plan that this dude put together at the end and they were showing it to you when he figured it out, you like, Oh shit, because I did not see that shit coming at all. But I mean, this whole thing of like, what I also thought was dope was when the movie first came on, you know what I'm saying? They're showing you these captions and they're saying that how often banks get robbed in Los Angeles. Like, Los Angeles is, is kind of like, well, I mean, the square mileage is a whole lot bigger. So, but you you can compare, but kind of compare because it's not really that comparable because of, of the square mileage. Mm-hmm. But we did the town. Yep. And it was like in Charlestown, they're like, yo, like there are bank robberies. Like, I forget how they said it, but it's kind of comparable because it was like, yo, Look how many bank robberies happen in Los Angeles. But Los Angeles is so big and there's so many banks. And mm-hmm. But when you think about Charlestown, I mean, shit, what is it like? I don't know, maybe 10 banks, maybe. There's like fucking yeah. like 10 banks on every corner in Los Angeles. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a little different. But when you're speaking on 
the town and this, do you see any comparisons with it? Um, not necessarily, only because the town was, to me was more so mafia. So it was like in the town they had different well, not different, but they actually had connections. You know what I'm saying? They their they um tactics were a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? They didn't really have to worry about um certain situations and having to have certain kind of plans and shit compared to how on Den of Thieves, you know what I'm saying? It was um it was just them. You know what I'm saying? They had to have like elaborate ass schemes to to do the type of shit they was doing. And then on top of that, like they weren't robbing like regular fucking banks. Like nigga, they robbed a stadium. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like <laughs> and then and then they would then like even with robbing the stadium, they had a, a certain plan. Like the plan was to rob the stadium to use that money to rob the Federal Reserve. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? Like theirs was they were a lot more elaborate and planned out and thought out compared to what the town was kind of doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean to to try to pull off the robbery that they well well we'll get to that. But mm-hmm. the robbery that they end up pulling off, like to rob that place, which is the hardest bank to rob, like the lengths that they went to to get that shit done, I thought that was so dope. Like I like that yeah. plan better than like the plan that they end up coming up with in like takers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Especially fucking set it off. Set it off. The one thing I hate about set it off, there was never any good plan. Like all of their plans were terrible. Well, first, first and foremost, they weren't bank robbers. These motherfuckers was <laughs> cleaning ladies. Well, first of all, who? So these these dudes are professional bank robbers. I didn't know there was a, was the ad in the paper. Man, listen, I would I would take that team over the team and set it off any day. These niggas are former Marines, bro. It's a it's a it's a certain. Um, it's a certain discipline that comes with that, right? So, like, even in the even in the beginning, when um old dude get killed and Merriman was uh talking to um old boy, and he was like, Yeah, he was like, What else you gonna fuck up? Like, it's an understanding that goes inside of that, like, bro, you 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 basically broke the shit up. Like you you fucked up, you know you fucked up. And you know what I'm saying? And you can see how he took it after Merriman had said that to him, because he knew he fucked up. And it's like yeah. Cause, cause, you know what I'm saying. Growing up around people that were in the military, you know what I'm saying. They super strict. They super to the point. They super straight. Like, and a lot of that has rubbed off on me so much so to where like I got a slight OCD about shit. Like, I gotta have shit in order. I gotta have shit sorted a certain way. Like, anytime I'm doing something, I have to have it completely done. I can't have it any other time. Like, you know what I'm saying. Like, even have even being in ROTC, like I would have to make sure that my uniform and shit was ironed correctly when I would go into the, you know what I'm saying, going to class and make sure my shit looked right. That way I would I would be presentable. Like it's a certain like it's a certain way of life that they live being in the military. So being around that, um I, I it made sense to me as to why Merriman was so pissed off in that scene. Like, yeah, you 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 know the rank, you know what I'm saying? You know the the chain of command. Like you should instantly know. Like if a command is made, you got to do whatever the fuck is supposed to be done. Because you know what I'm saying, nigga. This is thought out. Like we have a bigger goal in mind. 
We ain't in here just for shits and giggles. Like we getting in, we getting out, we making it happen. And seeing the way that you know, so like seeing the way that they operated and then the plan that they had, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't fuck that up. You you can't do one thing to fuck that up. And as you can see, when they did, what happened is they end up, you know what I'm saying, taking the L because, like you said. The, they left the body behind and dude end up, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't have had to leave the body behind had he not fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that that's the that's what I mean. Like it's a it's a different, you know what I'm saying, method that goes in that. And then the, the crazy part is like we calling it a robbery, but it's not even a robbery. This shit is a heist. Yeah. Like it, it's it's planning that goes into this shit. Like, nigga, they went to go get they said they had to steal a dump truck, they had to steal an armored truck. This nigga had to pose as a as a delivery driver. These niggas had to pose as guards. They had to go steal money. Act like they bringing money in. Like this shit is an elaborate scheme. And like, you know, <laughs> you it's always funny because like when you when you hear the shit that criminals go through to do the shit that they do, you just be like, man, if you could just be like a fucking CEO, bro, you'd be like <laughs> the wealthiest motherfucker in the world. If you could just find like a legit business to go into you'd be a fucking shark and see you brought up all the things that i was just about to bring up but you forgot one thing yeah they went as far as getting a stripper mm-hmm. to talk to nick yeah get nick to bring her home well yeah. she went no nick went to her place mm-hmm. and she just happened to tell you about this robbery that's gonna go down at this at this the one saving exactly. long place Exactly. And then Merriman shows up while he's coming out the shower. And then he's like, oh, shit. And then she's like, yo, I did what you said. And he still took that information and went to that damn bank. And they went and they didn't even rob the bank. It was a whole fake hostage situation that they but used that's, for distraction. But that's what I'm saying. Like, just the fact that they even could, just the fact that, that they thought that up. You know what I'm saying? That's some shit that, like. Military motherfuckers go to like those are the type of lengths that you know what I'm saying you would go to being in the military, like so that type of shit just it, it made a lot of sense to me why they were so clean with everything they did why everything was so elaborate and then the, the shit they did um, within that like faking killing the hostage then when he go in everybody just tied up you know what I'm saying blowing the doors sending Nick through the I mean not Nick uh, sending Donnie you know what I'm saying through the cart you know what I'm saying having him blow the cameras faking the blackout. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of shit, that type of shit makes sense because not only, you know what I'm saying, are they disciplined, but a lot of them motherfuckers have the skills to do that type of shit being in the military. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you can't pull that off with four cleaning ladies that used to work for Lester. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit ain't gonna work, man. Oh, if they man. was really smart, they would have took who was the one that worked in the um who worked in the uh was it Neil Long? She worked in the bank. No, Vivica A. Fox. Vivica A. Fox. They'd have just had her, you know what I'm saying, disarm some shit at late night, you know what I'm saying? Go in there, use her key and get the fuck well, out of it. She got there. fired from the bank, remember? Man, she should have she got she fired. She got fired when the right. dude that is the right. Bank. Yeah, and because they came from the same neighborhood, they fired her because they said you could have been involved. Yeah, what she should have did was macked on the macked on the, uh, the 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 manager of the bank. You know what I'm saying? Let me just keep my job for a couple of weeks, Daddy. I promise. You know, let me get one more check and then rob that motherfucker. That's, that's how you do it, man. I mean, man. shit. That's what that's what the that's what Merriman did. 
Hey, look, go go sleep with Nick real quick, man. And you know what I mean? Let him know what we're doing, you know? Kind of let him know what we're doing. And look, it worked. It did work. It did See? work. They didn't think and, about that, though. Man, but listen, though. Donnie is a whole nother level, dude. And that's why I, I don't thought like that, how they I don't like how they made him a snitch either. Well, he wasn't a snitch. It was the it was the whole plan. No, he was a snitch. Dude, listen. Well, he snitched on them to get that crew taken out. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. But, but, but what we didn't know was he had his own crew. <laughs> mm-hmm. He had his own crew, mm-hmm. but then we're just using them. Yo. It, like when, when they went through that whole thing of showing us like how this thing actually went down after he was already gone, yeah. Like for him to think this up, for him to be like, "Yo, I'm gonna tell these dudes everything that they need to know about how to pull this robbery off." Mm-hmm. But I got my four own guys that mm-hmm. I really fuck with, and Waiting. we basically gonna use y'all to get the heist done. But I'm loyal to these guys. Mm-hmm. Because you think about it, like what threw me for a loop was when when Nick went to that bar and asked my man Victor Newman, you know what I'm saying, what Donnie <laughs> was. He was like, "Yo, he's like, yo, he quit," and he's like, "You know who he is?" He's like, "I just told you he quit," and then he see two guys with the badges from the, from the uh, from that federal building. Mm-hmm. And then he started to put the shit together like, yo, like, this was a whole fucking inside thing. And, mm-hmm. yo, I love how my one dude played it off, man. Uh, what's my dude's name? I want to get his name right. Because he was in um, he was in my one movie. Uh, man, he had to have a crazy name. Is that Malik? I think it's Malik. But uh, he was in my one movie, uh, A Man Apart. But like the the one dude that uh, that that was doing the count, the skinny guy, and he was like, "Yo," he said, "Your being is half full." Mm-hmm. He was like, "He was like, you know, that's the way I got it." He was like, "No, nah, ain't no problem." He was like, "The count's good." He said, "But just next time, he was like, uh, you know, just bringing in bags, man. Work smarter, not harder." And mm-hmm. it just for, for them to just to go into detail like that, knowing he knew the whole plan the whole fucking time, yep. and he's like. For him to just to keep improvising, you know what I'm saying, when it ain't even really a big deal because he already mm-hmm. knew what was going on. Just for just for a person to to be able to go to two different crews and only give them selective information. Like all you need yeah. to know is this. All you yeah. need to know is this. And then to sit there and when he had the conversation with Merriman, like, yo, Merriman's like, yo, like, let, let me be in charge because, like, this is my crew. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. fine, cool, I'm good. But see, that's the thing that pissed me off, though, man. They could have had him do it a different way. He didn't have to snitch on the other crew, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, that's Ice Cube's son, man. I see, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I but, just wanted them to do it a different way. That's all. That's that's all. Yeah, because that whole crew died and his crew, yeah. his crew didn't. They end up going to London with him. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing, we're planning a diamond heist. Oh, which, the diamonds. Now, this is my thing. I don't know what's going on, but there ha- now the the suspense is going to be different. It's not going to be the same this time mm-hmm. because you you don't have the element of surprise. So I'm thinking 
could there be a Den of Thieves 2 of where they're doing this diamond heist now? Now, it's, it's not going to be the same. The only way, I mean, it can't even really be the same because Nick can't just go over there out of his jurisdiction and go to a whole other country and try to track these motherfuckers down. Like, I mean, it's, I, I'm not saying he can't, but don't be surprised if, you know what I'm saying, Nick pop up with Interpol and then, you know what I'm saying, they do the little, you know what I'm saying, overseas traveling thing to get them and, you know what I'm saying, working with the FBI, Interpol, you know what I'm saying, that type of shit. Don't don't be surprised if they pull that type of story out. And they can still they can still trick you. Yeah, they can. But I mean, it, it the first time watching Den of Thieves and seeing that oh man, seeing that um that surprise at the end, it's like, mm-hmm. yo, like I did not see it coming. Right. Because when when Nick got back to the car and my man that got the handcuffs off. And then you start to put everything together. You're like, oh, shit. Like, really, if you're paying attention, if you're one of those people who pay attention to detail, when you see the two dump trucks, you kind of start, you know what I'm saying? Your ears perk up a little bit. Like, why are there two dump trucks in the same spot? Yeah. And then you kind of get it to where, you know what I'm saying, when they get to the bags and see that they got the shredded money and the other money is is nowhere to be found. Right. I it's it just. I think, I think that's that surprise that they gave us. I don't know if it. You're not gonna get the same feeling the second time around because mm-hmm. now that we know, the whole mastermind the whole time was Donnie, and I right. see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but that's one crew for another crew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I I think the way that he looked at. The way he looked at Merriman's crew was y'all are expendable. You yep. know what I'm saying? Y'all are the ones who are going to take the fall for this. And me and my guys, we're going to be the ones to skate away with the money. Mm-hmm. So I think – now, don't get me wrong. Is it a snitch technically by the definition? Yes. It is. But at the same time, it's kind of like, yo, I'm more loyal to my crew. And my crew can't pull off this type of job. You know yeah. why? Because he needed guys with a military background. And I think that's why he ended up bringing Merriman in in the first place because mm-hmm. it's like, yo, y'all guys, y'all aren't, y'all not equipped enough. Like, just like the, the big Samoan dude. You know what I'm saying? He just yeah. handled the phones. He, you know, he, he do the thing, you know, telling you, hey, take a left turn here, take a right turn here. He's a traffic phone guy. Yep. He's not the guy that can go in there with the military guns and shoot up shit. So I think it's like a tit for tat type of thing. It's just like, yo, my crew that I fuck with, they can't pull this off. I need military guys that can pull this off. So, but then at the same time, smaller splits. I don't know, man. I, I get what you're saying, but I'm I'm not too mad at it though. Yeah, I mean. I'm not. I, I'm not really. I'm not really mad at it. It's just I would like to see um, a different. I don't know, man. I would just like to see a, a a different way. 
you know what I'm saying, for it to play out because usually like that's what that's what we end up getting when um that's usually what we end up getting, you know what I'm saying? Like whenever we get a movie like this, it's always like that one dude, he, you know what I'm saying, he pop up, he working and he doing it, and then like he snitch on him, but then like he really backstabbing him, or just like this one, you know what I'm saying? He really working with another crew. You know what I mean? Like just, just like that, or he snitching so he can get away with it at the end. Like it's I just don't want to see anybody working with the other side instead of just I think it was clever the way they pulled it off. Don't get me wrong. Like the way the way they end up making it happen toward the end. I just wanted to see it in a different fashion. Cause I think it still could have been done. You know what I'm saying? Like he could have, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he could have sent them some clues or maybe he could have had somebody else go do it. You know what I'm saying? Just like as far as the whole setup, but I don't know, man. Like it, it was just weird seeing that dynamic, but it was still a, you know what I'm saying? It was still a great story and it was still a great plot twist at the end. Like just like you said, I don't I didn't see it coming either. So Yeah. That it was a it was a it was a very dope uh, plot twist at the end of this man. So Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I ain't mad at it, man, but it I I just don't understand how to how the buzz for it died down so fast. I mean, I know it's a lot well, I know why. Never mind. I'm tripping. Two thousand eighteen? You remember mm-hmm. you remember the other movies that came out in two thousand eighteen? You had Black Panther two in February. I mean, not two. You had Black Panther in February. Yep. You had Endgame. They came out in like June or some shit like that. So it was a Marvel movie takeover in 2018. So now I can see how the buzz for this movie kind of died down because, I mean, we all seen what what Endgame did. Endgame, not Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. Because I was about to say Infinity War. Endgame well, broke a, a Titanic record. You yeah, but you also gotta remember like this was this was the year that White Boy Rick came out. This was the year that Deadpool came out, Aquaman came out, um uh the new Maze Runner, I mean the latest latest Maze Runner was out, Equalizer 2 came out this year, like it was a bunch of movies. A skyscraper came out with the rock. You know what I'm saying? Um, Peppermint came out that year. Tomb Raider came out that year. And that's just all. Uh, Rampage came out that year. These are all movies in the same genre. Hotel Artemis came out that year. Um, Sicario came out that year. Uh, the Superfly movie, the new Superfly movie came out. The first Purge came out. The Girl in the Spider's Web. Uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, the Meg came out. Traffic came out. Like it was a it was a bunch of movies that kind of um, overshadowed this one. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah. they kind of had a they kind of had a little bit more um, star power. Um, at the time, you know, like fifty was in this one. He really wasn't the 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 fifty from Get Rich or Die Trying. He was the yeah. fifty from Power at that time. You know what I'm saying? He was getting his executive on. So it was like you you kind of you kind of understand, but then it's like, and then like the the cast really didn't have any star stars besides like Gerard Butler. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it had noticeable names. Like of course everybody. You know what I'm saying? New O'Shea Jackson Jr. because he was doing, you know what I'm saying? He did straight out of Compton. 
know, so everybody knows what 50 Cent is, but it wasn't like they were constantly in something. I think this was his second movie. Uh, this was O'Shea's second movie, wasn't it? No, no, no. He he did um, he did some other movies. That's what I was talking about earlier. Was that the he had ended up doing um in Grand Goes West after uh Straight Out of Compton. Mm-hmm. So he was uncredited in one movie, so they don't credit. But like basically Straight Out of Compton, and in that um in Grand Goes West, he wasn't a main character. So well, like Dennis okay, yeah, yeah Dennis I mean. was like yeah, yeah, it was really the second movie where he was like the guy. Okay, yeah, that's what that's what. That's what I mean. And like, where as far as he's one of the main characters, then yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, it it was a um, it was a, a couple movies that came out that year that got overlooked. Man, Tag was one of the ones that I thought was super funny. If you guys haven't seen Tag, definitely go check that movie out. That shit is hilarious. Um, but that got overlooked. You know what I'm saying? Um, Ocean's Eight came out that year too. Don't forget about that. Oh man. Blockers came out. Uncle Drew came out. Night School came out. Um, God damn. The Oath came out. That was a good movie, too. Um, I'm trying to see what else. What else? Uh, Game Night. That was a good one. Yep. Um, Gringo, that was one of the big ones. The Spy Who Dumped Me. Um, Holmes and Watson with um, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Goosebumps 2. Uh, Super Troopers 2 came out that year as well. The House with the, uh, the House with the Clock in the Walls or whatever, in its walls or whatever, that was one. Vice came out mm-hmm. that year. Black Klansman came out that year. Ah, oh, damn, it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mama Mia came out that year, so I mean it's it's um uh, Halloween dropped. Uh, already said the first purge. Bird Box came out that year. A Quiet Place came out. The Strangers came out, or the second Strangers yeah. that came out. Um, yeah, it was a it was a few joints that dropped that year that. That definitely could have stole the show from this one. So, is 2018 one of those 1999? It, it, it might actually be. I'm not gonna lie to you. Now that I'm looking, yeah, this this may be one of those ones. But see, this is the thing, though, right? The only reason that I I would say that there's an advantage on this. Damn. Venom came out this year. Yeah. This- Yo, okay, so the, o- the only reason I would say that it's an advantage, right, is okay. because um, of the streaming services that was, you know what I'm saying, the streaming services was out too. Yep. So not only did you have the options of going to the movies and seeing joints, you also was able to see joints on Netflix, Hulu, Prime, uh, HBO. Uh, well, no, yeah, HBO Max. Like you had a slew of other, you know, what I'm saying um, platforms 
that was showing them, and it just wasn't in movie theaters. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the only advantage I would give 2018 as to why it was like that. But, I mean, like, that is a hell of a list. It is. It is. Cause see, look, we still need to find, because I, I spoke about this on that podcast that I did um, on the last 28 minutes or less I did, Boys Don't Cry, mm-hmm. that actually came out in 99. So mm-hmm. I brought up the fact, and I used that same scenario, you know what I'm saying, the 1984 draft, the 1996 draft, 2003 draft, and the NBA. Yeah. I was like, we need to find those two other drafts. You know what I mean? I like, mean, 2018 is definitely a, a, a nice candidate. Um, I don't know. Maybe we could maybe we could do an episode like that again, man. You know what I'm saying? Just to talk about some of the best years in film and not just do one particular. Man, as a matter of fact, I had somebody hit me up in my DM saying that mm-hmm. episode was crazy. 99? They were saying that, yeah, they was yeah. like, they forgot about how, you know what? It wasn't a DM. It was a text. It was Casey. Yeah. Casey yeah. had hit me, and he was like, yo, he was like, I forgot about all the shit that came out in 1999. Yeah, but he I mean, like, a, a lot of times dope. we do. Yeah, until you go back and you really, really look. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, you know, I had to tell the story of how before we got as organized as we are now, and yeah. I'm like, yo, what you want to do? And you just say, Blackwood Project. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, "Yo, that shit took us down a whole nother wormhole, but mm-hmm. like, but uh, because that, yeah, that that was, I mean, I know we we on the, we derailing, but I mean, this is actually some good combo. We pretty much done with with Den of Thieves, but um, th- to me, man, like going back and re listening to that episode, and then like going and seeing the stuff that came out later, like the Blair Witch Project made it possible for a lot of shit to happen." Yeah, it did. I don't think it would, like I said in the episode, I don't think we would get paranormal activity without that. Yeah, it definitely changed the landscape of movies. Because I think that the way, I mean, especially somebody like a Martin Scorsese or something, they're like, Mm -hmm. yo, what? Like, we ain't gonna have mics. You know what I'm saying? They use this grainy video. Like, you know, like, nobody would have done something like this. And I think that the Blair Witch Project as... Now, even when we did it, like, the impact of the movie was better than what the movie was. 100%. But we both said, yo, that last five minutes, though. (laughs) (laughs) That last last five minutes was some of the best cinema you ever seen. The last five minutes of Blair Witch Project. But... I mean, it was good enough to get a second movie. You know yeah, but you know, I never really watched the second one. You didn't? No. Oh man, I, I didn't it's, watch the second one. It's it's as trash as the first one, but it's it's still good though. Yeah, it's but that's the crazy part about Black Witch Project is like, yo, like the movie is really not really good, but the Mm-mm. impact of it though, yeah, it might be the most impactful movie to ever come out. If 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 you want to talk real talk as far as impact, because it changed a lot of shit about cinema. It really did. The rollout for it, though, yeah, nigga. that that rollout that was the best rollout. When ever. I tell like, you, we, everybody in the country believed, except for the motherfuckers who made it and okayed it. Yeah, everybody in the country believed that somebody found this footage and was like, "Let's make <laughs> this thing a movie." Yo, but Let's I put was this shit out in theaters. That's one of those things where I think everybody's fine with telling, yo, I got duped. 
I thought it was real. I think that was the first time everybody like, yeah, they got me. No, my cousin, right? His his like his mission in life was to torture us as kids. When we was when we was our younger, like his whole thing was like torturing the fuck out of us. Like he would be like hiding on the steps. And then, like, you come up the steps and this nigga jump out. Ah, I scared the shit out of you. You almost fall down the steps type shit. Like, that's the type of nigga he was. This nigga was, like, when Blair Witch came out, bro, he was so geeked to see this movie because he just knew we was going to be scared shitless watching this movie. This was this was one of them things, like, this was an event, bro. Like, they made this an event. This was, like, some of the best marketing I've seen in the movie. This was some of the best promotion I've seen in the movie. The, and that's why I said, to me, the only thing that rivaled this was Paranormal Activity because they kind of took that blueprint, they fixed it up a little bit and changed it with the whole, you know what I'm saying, with the whole paranormal thing. But Because Blair Witch Project is technically the same thing because you, you never see the fucking, you never see the Blair Witch ever. Yeah. You don't even know that, that what this, you just know that, you don't, you don't see a nigga die. You don't see none of that. You just know that one minute they talking, and the next minute the camera's shaking like that, it's moving like that, and then the lady, <laughs> she running down the, you know what I'm saying? She running in the floor. You like, oh, shit, but you don't ever see nothing. And I think that's another thing, too, like with Paranormal Activity, they took that blueprint, and then this time you just got a chance to see certain shit. So, like, when you looking at the trailer and you see the, the, the cover snatch off of them, you like, oh, shit, did you just see that shit? Like, the cover just, just got snatched off. Well, it wasn't nothing right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that type of shit. Like, I enjoy, like, when, when people put that type of creativity and thought, you know what I'm saying, into the marketing and promoting of a movie and then just put that into the movie as well. Like, even though it's not a good movie, because Paranormal Activity is not a good movie at all by far but it's just the the excitement around it that when you watch it and you see the creativity that went into it you gotta just be like yo this this was all right same thing with Blair Witch like the the creativity around it the fact that they use you know what I'm saying a single camera the fact that you know what I'm saying they never showed you nobody dying nobody getting killed they ain't show you like no special effects it was just it was basically letting your imagination run free and your imagination basically scared the shit out of you. Yo, now before we do the fire flames, I got one more thing. Okay. Yo, when Heather was staring into that camera and she was crying about she ain't oh. know how where anybody is and scary movie when it redid this. That was the greatest parody ever, bro. That was great, man. Hey, but that's not was dripping, bro. That shit was hilarious. Hey, they stupid, but yeah, for sure. Hey, all of them. Uh, Marlon. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh what's his name? Sean and uh, yeah. Keenan. All them motherfuckers yeah. stupid as fuck, but that man, those scary movies. Yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they tripping. They tripping. That but that shit good. was hilarious, but. But that was the impact yeah. of Black Witch Project, though. Yep. Yeah, cult uh, classic, man. Cult yes, classic. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what what you got, man? What's your what's your what's your rating today? All right, man. Fire flame time. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. This movie, um, when I first started watching it initially, it was kind of hard to get into because like it started off with a bang and then it kind of died down and kind of went into the story. But on the rewatch, I was able to focus and actually pay attention to what was going on. Hey man. I can't lie to you. 
this was this was a good movie. You know I'm a sucker for plot twists. <laughs> you know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Plot twist was was amazing. And then I'm also a, a sucker for those like you know what I'm saying, like those intellectual kind of chess match thriller movies to where like um you know like they playing back and forth with each other, trying to catch each other, like cat and mouse type shit, or or like mm-hmm. how Hannibal Lecter was. Like Hannibal Lecter was one of those intellectual thrillers. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and say a four, man. Okay, I ain't mad at it, and the main reason I ain't mad at it because I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, I love the cast. Thought the cast was great. You know what I'm saying? Um. You know, shout out to O'Shea Jackson, you know what I'm saying, Pablo Schreiber, um, Gerard Butler. You know, Gerard always tend to find a way to make his performance stand off the screen. Every but time. also, man, but also, man, I, I think I think I think Pablo don't get enough respect, man. I think when it comes to that Schreiber name, you know what I'm saying? Everybody think of Lee Schreiber. Yeah. For um, sure. But I had to look. I was just looking at it while you were talking. I was like, "They man, look just like." I was like, "Had they been in the movie together?" And they was in that uh, that Mediterranean uh, candidate movie with Denzel. Oh, yeah, yeah, they was in that together. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think I think he's one of those actors who, like, he's like really good at what he does. But it's just kind of like, yeah, but your brother though, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> it's yeah. like one of those situations. But nah, he killed it though, man. But I'm I'm gonna give it a four. I think that the cast was really good. Like I said, I like my one dude who played the quarterback in Gridiron Game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, uh, I, I like I like what he do. I think he's pretty good. But uh, I love the uh, plot his twist. Name like was, you said. Was, uh, Mo something Mo McCray. McCray, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to him. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's, he was a quarter. Yo, one thing real quick though. This is what we have to stop doing. And I won't I hopefully Hollywood can hear this and hopefully it gets back to like some kind of production house or something like that. Stop putting people who don't look shit like the original person in the movie. The whole yeah. time I'm watching Gridiron Gang, I'm thinking that this nigga resembles the rock in some kind of way. Man, this is a this whole is, white man. A whole white man. Blood hair, everything. Then the same shit happened in Walking Tall. It was an old white man. Man, look, yeah. They need to stop doing this. The whole point, the whole point of of doing it. Don't get me wrong, if it's a situation where it's kind of like the the real person was dark skinned, but this person is light skinned, but it's just like I just think sometimes. Yeah, like it, it at least make them the the same race. That was the cool, whole thing. This, this is what kills me. So they didn't make a big deal about that, right? Mm-hmm. But it made a big deal that um, what's your girl name? Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. played in um, what's that one movie that she played in? And it was like that. This person was actually a Japanese person or a Chinese person. Well, an oh, Asian no, no, no. That's, that's different because that shit was anime, and and the, the anime crowd don't play that shit. If you're gonna do live action, you better do that shit right. You better look, go back and go back and watch. Uh, I mean, go back and look at how they did the Dragon Ball Z movie when they did the live action Dragon Ball Z. They shitted on that movie. If yeah, you can't man. do that shit right, don't do it. The anime, the anime culture will kill you. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, you you at least you at least got to make the person the right race. But then at the same time, for some odd reason, the Rock won't. No, it's not the Rock. No, no. my no. bad. It ain't the Rock. It's it's Van Diesel. Like Van Diesel won't come out and say what he is. Well, everybody know he mixed. Yeah, but like he don't. You know what I'm saying? He no, doesn't. Like but they, the, let me tell you something. <laughs> the fucking Rock, bro. Okay, this nigga had a white daughter. In skyscraper, he has no, a white daughter. No, yeah, San Andreas. That's that's the movie. San Andreas. He's a helicopter dude. Had a whole white daughter in San Andreas. <laughs> nah, man. Nah. Fuck nah. You're man, not gonna every, convince me that Rocky Johnson's son had a white daughter, dude. Every movie he played, he has a white daughter, dude. Think about the game plan. He had a white daughter. That's what I'm saying. Well, she she didn't really look white. White. She looked like. Latina yeah, she white. did kind of look a little mixed, a little bit. Yeah, she she could pass, but the the older come on, man, that was a white woman, bro. <laughs> I understand that the Rock is a is a fucking blockbuster actor now, but come on, bro, we got to make some of this shit somewhat believable. They it, they it, he could have at least married old girl, and then her dad or something was you know what I mean? Like, but nah, we not yeah. gonna act like that's her real dad, my nigga. No, <laughs> nah, man. I've seen The Rock's dad, so I know for a fact, nigga. No, oh that's not how it works. The Rock is mixed. Oh man, this dude crazy. Okay, we got to, we got to, we got, to, we got to pull this baby. Yeah, that shit is funny though. I just had to bring that up, man, because I'm I'm sick of them doing The Rock like that, bro. He make great movies. Don't get me wrong, but they be the character should be fucked up. So, um, next episode, man. On the coming soon, bro. We are paying tribute to um one of the guys who should have been had got his flowers. You know what I'm saying? One of the guys who to me has um a very, very impressive performance in um this last season, the first season of uh winning time. You know what I'm saying? Wood Harris, man. He hey, let me tell you something, bro. That that's the the last episode where he was in the tub, and him and Kareem was talking. Oh goodness, that was so great, bro! That shit was amazing. Will Harris is a great actor, um, and and he he really he really doesn't get the credit he deserves at all. And this dude got blockbusters, man. Yes, like yes. blockbusters, and yeah, Wood Harris is definitely a legend. And like I told y'all before, like, yeah, we done Leonardo DiCaprio and, you know what I'm saying, the Holly Bears and all that type of shit. But this is one of those guys who don't get the proper recognition, but Thanks. he's going to get it on this podcast. So Thanks. that next appreciation episode is definitely going to be the man, Wood Harris. And we're going to hit y'all with some shit because Wood, Wood is a very interesting dude as well. Yeah, big time. Big time. Um, yep. I can't wait to do this episode, man. So um yeah, listen, if you guys enjoyed the episode, if you guys want to talk about it, chat with us and all that other stuff. If you want to tell us, hey man, y'all should quit podcasting. It don't matter. Just hit us up on the socials, man. IG and Twitter at Viewer9Pod. And you can hit us up on Facebook at VA Pod Watch Group. 
Um, also, if you want to hit us up individually, you can find me on Twitter at Scoops Bronson, and then I have a link tree in my bio. You can go there to find me everywhere else. Yeah, and y'all can find me at s.foster8 on Instagram and Twitter at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. That's just on IG. Um, find the podcast on all major platforms. I put out an episode uh, this week. It was episode 90. Um, it's a movie, you know what I'm saying, starring Hillary Swank, but it's also combo with the documentary that came out because it was a story that I wanted to tell. I think it's a story that you know what I'm saying? It's kind of under the radar. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? The movie that I did was Boys Don't Cry. It was about the Tina Brandon. Uh, it's a documentary called The Brandon Tina Story about um, this was early days of transgender uh, where this girl that was going around posing to be a guy and then ended up getting raped and killed by these guys. And um, you know what I'm saying? But one of them serving three life sentences and the other guy, he's uh, he's on death row. And, uh, and so yeah, so this was a story that uh, played out played out in 1993. So um, I told that on the podcast. So go check out that last episode that I put out. It's on all major platforms. That's what's up, man. Yeah, make sure y'all definitely go subscribe to 28 Minutes or Less. And make sure y'all listen to those episodes. Um, check out that back catalog as well. And, um, man, listen, it's always a pleasure, you know what I'm saying, to be in you guys' ears. Thank you for... That shit sound crazy. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Um, until the next episode, man. You know how they say it in Hollywood. That's a wrap. Cut. <laughs>